0: Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the lines.com coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are back after a little Thanksgiving break, which means we have about 14 games on this slate tonight. Nate, super full out here in the NBA. We are bringing you a couple game videos today and our player props, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. We are coming back to you each and every weekday of this regular season. Also want you to head to thelines.com. We've got our great written content up there for you guys all season long and our odds finder tool that you can use to go ahead and make sure you're getting the best juice available on all those NBA bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this giant slate tonight and then talk about our first game. The Pellies are in Memphis taking on the Grizz. Yep, we got
1: uh, Minnesota right now minus five at Charlotte to open things. The Sixers still dealing with several injuries plus two and a half at Orlando. Blazers still without Dame plus three and a half at Knicks. Lakers are minus three at the Spurs and LeBron James expected to play tonight the first time in close to three weeks. We will break that game down for you in another video. Wizards plus three at the Heat. The Kangs plus eight at Boston uh, to the top two offenses in the NBA. Totals at 238 there. Certainly going to watch that game. I don't know if I'll bet on it. Hawks are minus seven at Houston. Bulls minus three at Thunder. Billy Donovan's revenge there. Cavs plus four at Bucks. The Nets are up to minus three and a half at Pacers. I saw that much closer to a pick them before. And in this game, Pelicans are plus three at Memphis. Then we got Suns minus 12 uh, hosting the Pistons. Warriors minus eight hosting the Jazz. And then the Clippers are three-point dogs at home. Nikola Jokic probable for the Nuggets as they visit. Uh, is it still called Crypto Arena or just Crypto not a thing nope. anymore? Okay, good.
0: I, don't, I, don't, I think that one's still alive, but probably soon coming
1: <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. But we are in Memphis for this one. NOLA. Without CJ McCollum, who's out uh, with health health and safety protocols, Trey Murphy game time decision with the foot injury. They're going to try to keep rolling here. Um, I mean, equally important uh, guy out for Memphis is Desmond Bain. Maybe even more important. They're one in five now without him, and nine and three with him this year. Offensive rating dips from one nearly one eighteen to one oh six. They're scoring ten points per game fewer. Eight, eight fewer free throw attempts, and they've struggled recently overall. I mean, three and six against the spread, four and five straight up in their last nine here. That includes an 11-point loss in New Orleans. Zion Williamson did not play in that game. So for me, you you lose CJ if you're the Pellies, but you get point Zion, who really hasn't had to be unleashed yet in his two games back from the foot injury But he's just scoring at such a ridiculous rate. 27 points in 23 minutes. 32 points in 27 minutes against that laughable Spurs defense that we'll talk about in a minute. 14 for 18 from the floor. Um, Just getting right to the rim. Memphis might do a little bit of a better job guarding him. But they've not been the same uh, paint denial team this year. A little bit better since Triple J came back. But they're still allowing 52 paint points at home. Five more than on the road. Allowing the second most assists per game overall. They're 24th in opponent's three-point shooting. Um, And recently, they've been struggling to score the ball. Like I said, without Bain's seventh worst three-point percentage. He's their sniper. Uh, They're 21st in assists per game. And that was kind of the key in this last matchup is Nola you know, gave him the old, gave Ja the old like Steve Nash treatment, like, all right, you want to score? You score 36? Sure. Uh, we're not going to let you get anyone else going. And Ja only had four assists. Memphis had 16 assists as a team while New Orleans spread them out and 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 passed it around using that balance that they have, 31 to 10 assist to turnover ratio. So that led to an 11 point win. Even though they lost the rebounding battle Even though they got outshot 25 to 12 at the line at home, which is surprising. But with Zion back, I don't think they're losing that free throw battle as much. CJ out makes me actually feel like a little more confident on the defensive end for New Orleans because obviously we'll see more Alvarado, right? Who was a plus 15 off the bench in that game. Larry Nance, plus 16, also an incredible defender. Going to do a good job on Triple J. Yeah, uh, and so you get more Alvarado on Ja, making it probably diff- difficult for him to score or or facilitate, with all the attention on him. John Conchar is questionable. Um, He's been playing a huge role, filling in for Bain. He can't do the same things, but he's he's been doing his best to fill that void. And Santi Aldama, pretty much uh, doubtful with an illness. So. Like, who's Jaws number two guy? And we get to uh, Dylan Brooks, a.k.a. Chucky, who just loves to throw it up um, wherever he is on the court. He went six for 18 in this last matchup. I mean, I really worry about Memphis's offense here, even though New Orleans is scoring 120 a game uh, in their last seven here. They've covered in five straight wins. They have an elite offensive rating. That might take a little bit of a step back without CJ. Um, right now, the totals at two twenty nine, which is tough to call either way. For me, I mean, I'm taking I'm taking New Orleans on the money line. If if they're going to be dogs in this spot, I mean, they're playing much much better basketball at both ends right now. They're playing like a top ten team for sure. Memphis, we we still don't know what they are. I, I mean, because they're missing their second most important player. Um, and, and right now, yeah, I think is especially with the depth issues they've had after the off season, they had, if they're going to miss Bain plus two other guys who have been great filling in this year, um, I'm definitely going with new Orleans.
0: Yeah. I'm just going to touch on the Dylan Brooks, the Dylan Chucky Brooks point for a minute. Um, because on the season he's shooting 33% from three, not great, uh, in the last five without Desmond Bain, uh, Chucky shooting 24% from three, still putting up uh, the same, uh, roughly eight to nine threes a game, making less than three of them. So that's an even, let's just go ahead and compound the issue of Desmond Bain being out by throwing Dylan Brooks at the problem and watching him chuck up threes that he's not making and taking terrible shots. Man, did I do a 180 on that guy after his first season, just watching the decisions that he makes. And, and it's been a pretty big issue for them. They're still like, doing the same things, even without Desmond Bain, in terms of the way that they play, they're still going fast, fast break points, second chance points, offensive rebounds, right, all that kind of stuff is still kind of like how they're attacking, Um, just attack, attack, attack with athleticism and height, Uh, but it's not working, because everything else isn't working, all the stats that you said about Desmond Bain, and what he brings to the team from a, a shooting standpoint, a spreading the floor standpoint, and having a second uh, ball handler on the floor with uh, with John a way that you feel comfortable that he can also set something up for himself and others. Because, I, I mean, I, I love a lot of, you know, I love Triple J. I really do. I, I'm still going to stand for him uh, and, and his abilities. Um, but you, you, you're you not you're not good enough if he's your sort of almost second uh, option in terms of like, go get a bucket, right? Like that's not necessarily what you want his role to be consistently in the last five without Desmond Bain, just to be very specific about what they've been doing. Seventh fewest points per game with the seventh worst three point percentage as you mentioned that. Dips all the way down to 30% as a team. They go. Uh, they do have, the, in those five games, the third most free throw attempts. They actually attempt more free throws without Desmond Bain. Uh, that stack can be a little tricky because it's very misleading. But they, they attempt more without him, probably because they're not kicking much out, I, I would imagine, at that point, without uh, the three-point shooters. Uh, but they also have the third worst free throw percentage in those last five games as they're shooting, like, 24 and making, like, 17. Um, so it's also about who's getting to the line. Uh, those assists are going way down, and they're allowing a lot more, like, in their losses they're allowing a ton more uh, points in the paint they're just getting beat up a little bit more down there when they're losing this season uh, and at home in general they're also you know they're playing a little bit faster but they're they're playing I think they're they're sacrificing a little bit when they play faster in terms of height obviously Steven Adams not out there when they're playing at that like 101 pace uh nearly as often so that that obviously limits their rebounding ability uh, I think for for um, Nola like it, it's just surprising to me that this team is surging they have Zion back and they're two and a half point dogs I mean I guess Memphis is a good home team and they are they're six and two against the spread at home this season is memphis um and you know Two of those uh, games actually came uh, in the last like six games or so where they played at home, failed to cover in one of them I, I, like I said, Nola to me uh, the way that they 're playing with and without Zion as well is is hugely important um, he 's back in this game they're eight and five with him, three and two without him, but they they score five more points a game. they get eleven more rebounds per game when Zion is in forty eight and a half versus thirty seven without him They play at a hundred pace with him, super unsurprisingly five. Uh, possessions per 100 faster they play at a 95 pace when he's not on the floor not surprisingly seven more free throw attempts per game does nola get when zion's on the floor and this year uh nate i'm happy to tell all the zion fans that they have a 107 defensive rating with him in 118 with him not in they are 11 points per 100 better on defense with zion in the game this season in a big enough spread that 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 means something 13 out of 18 games that he's played versus the 5 that he hasn't so uh I, yeah to me hit that money line for Nola uh it's it's fine right now i think it's plus 110 but if i'm getting plus odds for this team to beat a struggling memphis team right now who's I don't know what they're gonna do without those other two guys. As you mentioned, John Conchar's a shooter, so Santi Aldama. They're running out of shooters quick. Uh and if that means more three point attempts for Dylan Brooks just to bring this full circle, then I feel even better about the Pellys winning this game.
1: Yeah, I guess it's like La Ravia is the next man up for Memphis, but how far down the line are they gonna go? And New Orleans, yeah. I mean, they've been playing some scrubs. I mean, they they actually have been playing the Boston Celtics in there, so in this span, so it, it is still impressive, but they're Number one in defensive rating in this in this seven-game stretch, uh, yeah. which is really impressive. Number one three-point defense on the road on the entire season. So even if Memphis had some good shooters, they would not be getting great looks. And in their last three here, uh, again, two of those against bad teams or against the Warriors backups. Um, third in paint points allowed, which is the key here for Memphis. You put in that they, they allow nine more points in the paint in losses versus wins. And so Zion is a point is a walking 30 points in the paint, right? So I, I mean, yeah. you look at their their team totals 128 and 129 since Zion came back. Uh, Memphis is going to show a little more backbone than than again, the backup warriors and the Spurs, but uh the more yeah I I mean I would definitely lean towards an over more more so you talk about the pace you talk about the difference in scoring when they do have Zion and that they do have a better defensive rating with him on the floor i don't know how much i'm going to read into that, sure, that sure. you know with the small sample size at this point right um and yeah with so it's like how is memphis going to compete at home cuz they always compete at home right they're not just going to lay down and, and, and get and lose by 20 here it, it's by scoring it's probably by getting out in transition i wouldn't be surprised if there's a pace of one Oh two to one Oh four in this game, right. With Ja pushing the ball at every opportunity. Um, so, I mean, if you can get it down to 225 with met with new Orleans plus seven, I mean, we both feel like new Orleans should be a slight favorite here. Uh, I think yeah. that that's, that's great money there. Uh, but I also don't mind just parlaying money line, new Orleans plus the over because they, their path to victories is scoring a bunch. Um, uh I, I think, you know,
0: that could get you some real juicy odds as well. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I would lean points um, I, not only all the Zion splits here, road home splits as well, uh, for, um, for NOLA here, when they are on the road, their games average, like 236 points a game. They're scoring a, a buck 20 on the road right now, uh, are, are, is new Orleans, um, you know, versus at home where they, they average five less points. They give up nine less points. So their defense and their pace just kind of their defense drops, their pace rises. Um, I should say their defensive rating dry, rises more free throw attempts at, uh, on the road. They play at a hundred and two pace on the road do the Pellies versus 98 at home so these are some stark enough differences that I think we, we can feel pretty good about it you mentioned in the they've covered five of their last six like I said com- teams in complete opposite directions right now and Memphis isn't getting any cavalry help here to like make you feel like all of a sudden they're going to turn things around from losing four of their last five and five of their last seven uh whereas the Pellies five one and covered in five of their last six um which obviously includes like three super easy games and then a couple you know decent wins obviously that Memphis one uh, covering against the Bulls as well was nice for them. But first in defensive rating in those last six games, like you said, 103 and a half there defensive rating, really, really good, despite playing at the ninth fastest pace, right? So they're giving up points to a degree, but that's just because they're playing at such a fast pace. And overall, their rating is incredible for a reason. So yeah, I think this game is sort of misplaced rather than feel too confident about the over, although I would prefer an over for sure. I still just I I like the Pellies to to be able to pull this one out. so.
1: So the Lakers, I mean, it's weird to see the spread shrinking from minus seven, I guess, to minus three. I guess there's some, you know, conjecture that either Anthony Davis or LeBron James doesn't play, even though both have a chance to play tonight. LeBron hasn't played since November 9th. Uh, The abdomen injury is expected to make his return soon. This is a weird situation where it's a back to back without leaving San Antonio. So, I, I mean, the Lakers management wise could sit. AD and, and sit LeBron on the back end and say, you know what? We can beat the Spurs with just one of these guys. And they'd be absolutely right. I mean, the Spurs are the worst team in the NBA recently. Uh, I mean, I guess the Rockets can give them a run for the money, but the, I I don't think the Spurs are even putting out competitive lineups or necessarily giving a competitive message in terms of (laughs) let's go and win. Um, They've lost 11 in their last 12. This is what we talked about on Wednesday before they were blown out by the Pelicans. They've been down by 20 in, I think, six of those last 10 games. Um, And at some point down by 20, they're one in five against the spread in their last six. Worst defensive rating by far 126 in that span, negative 22 net rating, scoring just 102 points per game. And getting the second highest percentage of points off twos in that span. So if Anthony Davis is playing, I'm I am so on board with the Lakers here at minus three. I mean, considering they just handled two three bad teams. Uh, well, I mean the Nets are you know I don't know what to make of them, but uh, they handled the Spurs. That's for damn sure. Beat them one twenty three to ninety two recently uh, as they're trying to get their season on track and the first sign that you're doing that is you beat the teams you're supposed to beat and you apparently just beat them down uh you know the Lakers shot 53% with AD leading the charge there AD now averaging 35 and a half 18 rebounds with a 91 defensive rating and scoring almost everything in the paint in his last four he's like he's back to being AD you put up one of those mind-boggling lines in a loss at Phoenix and now he comes back. There's a Spurs team that he's pretty much roasted uh, 31 points and 14 boards in his last five meetings against the, the Spurs. Jakob Pertle has been a turnstile lately. Uh, again, like I don't know what the messaging is or what the motivation is for, for the Spurs. But he has a 122 defensive rating. His last three is a minus 53 in those games. It, another key thing to watch here, even though it might not see that important, is is Zach Collins going to play for the Spurs? He's questionable with a leg. He's missed a couple games. Uh, I mean, if he's out, I, I think Anthony Davis, you you hit his props. You hit the player performance doubles expecting him to lead Lakers to a win here. Um, but, yeah, again, you got to watch the Lakers news here. I mean, e- either way, minus three against the Spurs, who, like I just told you, are negative 22 in their last six games. Uh, I mean, I have a hard time thinking of a team that I wouldn't want to jump on that with. And yeah. the Lakers, despite their early struggles, they're still finding some depth here. I mean, in, in that beatdown of the Spurs, they had four double digit scores off the bench. You know, Schroeder can still put the ball in the basket. Say what you will about the rest of his game. Kendrick Nunn starting to find his footing after a year off. And Russ, even though he's been cold again, um, still scoring and, and assisting with that second unit is it's a lot more impressive than what the Spurs can trot out there with their second unit and uh, just even with their first unit when it comes to finding offense so uh yeah
0: i mean it spectacular tank job right now from san antonio totally i mean a wonderful job obviously like we we've, we've joked like they do everything better than everybody including tank um and and yeah ad's back to a degree um I mean to 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 what degree i i think he looks like himself anyway I, i've been watching those lakers games and it, when russell westbrook and lonnie walker actually pass him the freaking ball uh he scores like every freaking time uh he got to the line like 16 times in that last game uh against phoenix in a game where phoenix had plenty of front court to to work against him uh with biombo and eight and nobody could touch him uh, as he ate them both up like i said got to the free throw line 16 times had the 21 boards had the 36 points so um that that was that was a big telling game it was on national television at the late night game for us out here in the West Coast. Um, And and it, it looked really, really, really good for him. It didn't look really, really good when Russell Westbrook and Lonnie Walker were still controlling things because it's just them flying at the rim without making a single pass. There's no rhythm. There's no waiting for AD. It was very frustrating as someone who likes basketball. But if LeBron is in, I think he's very aware that AD, like this AD is the one that LeBron wants to be on the floor. It's like, dude, take over. I'm giving you the, the, the sort of, you know, the armband here, the captain's armband and saying, go for it. Um, and I think he'll continue to do that. So I think LeBron being in would be huge um, for you know if, if they both play for for ad as well to your point if they both don't play I think I, we still feel okay about the the minus three and a half this dropped it did it opened at seven for the Lakers and I think that's because we don't know for sure that ad is playing there are LeBron James props up which leads us to believe that LeBron is playing um but you know even if if ads not playing it's still a very similar uh style of offense just not quite the same finisher in the middle of the lane if someone like Thomas Bryant is in there but um they do they they have figured out at least enough of like we need Austin Reeves on the floor hitting threes we need that added three-point shooting even though they're still taking the third most field goal attempts from two uh, in the league they at least need to be able to threaten that they're going to shoot the ball from deep uh, and that's really what also opens up Russell Westbrook to be a lot better a key stat here for me in their last like six-ish games where they've actually won four of them or so uh, or I guess three but still you know they've played a lot better in those games um, it is the fact that they're they all the way down to like top 10 in terms of turning the ball over they've, they've limited the that turnover percentage all the way to the tune of like being like I said 10th best in the league uh, over the course of their last six games which is huge for them because before that the opponent's points off of turnovers and the turnovers themselves were just destroying this team, absolutely murdering them, similar to how the the Warriors sort of uh, let themselves get shot in the foot when they turn the ball over. But the, the Lakers have been playing better defense. It's the offense that has finally come around to be in the top 20 as opposed to roughly dead last or 27th or what have you in the league uh, in terms of points in the paint. They've finally upped those a bunch. Um, and like I said, if they're going to be getting those two-point field goals, better to be getting those points in the paint. The Spurs, as you said, are nothing but a turnstile down low. That's really where we start. Points off turnovers, fast break points, all things the Lakers have, are doing this season – in the top five, six, seven in the league. Lakers, or excuse me, Spurs, bottom three, in all of those important categories as well. Opponents points off turnovers, fast break points, uh, points in the paint. Everywhere that's just important. Where where can I get an easy bucket? Can I get a free throw? Can I get a layup? And if the Spurs are willing to give it to you all over the floor, you don't even really need to shoot threes against them. Um, their three, opponent three-point percentage isn't exactly like stifling in any way, um, but it's not the, it's, it's, actually, I'm sorry, it is dead last. <laughs> so it's to the tune of 40%. I was trying to give them some credit. I was looking, in the last six games, it's dead last. For the season, it's a little bit better. But in the last six, it is dead last for the Spurs as well. So not really much to say that they have much to stop anybody on any part of the floor. So Lakers minus three and a half with or without both of them. At least one of them will be playing in terms of LeBron AD. Give me those three points.
1: Yeah, I mean, they give you the things you need to jumpstart your offense. If you're not shooting well from the perimeter, which the Lakers still are not, even though they're scoring... 60 points in the paint in this four game span. They're scoring 118 per game, mostly because AD, like we're saying, is just getting his. um, I mean, speaking of giving somebody the damn ball, Austin Reeves, 16 points per game on a 13 percent usage rate. His last four Westbrook, 14 points on a 29 percent usage rate. Uh, Austin Reeves is shooting 61 percent from three. In that span, he's a plus 51. And I mean, if LeBron plays and AD plays, I think, I guess Reeves bumps to the bench. And then, you know, you have a much better second unit if you're the Lakers. Um, The the advantage down low is just so stark uh, in their last matchup. Lakers won the rebounding by 10. They shot 14 more free throws than the Spurs. Really just played at a, a very fast pace, 41 for 105 from the floor. But just yikes, this shooting was abysmal. Keldon Johnson, still ice cold, four for 20 from the floor and one for 10 from three. I just don't know how the, the Spurs are going to be able to come along or if they even care to. Uh, so, I mean, it's just it, it's it's a team you want to target until there's some, something to indicate that they can jump up and. And uh, play with some, some some pride, and you look at last year, they did actually beat the Lakers twice. DeJounte Murray just carried them, though, right? I mean, really? triple-double in the first two meetings, 26-10-8 on a 30% usage in the last win. And like we said against the Pelicans, he ain't there no more. There's
0: really nobody that scares you um, in the Spurs offense. No, and one of those um, one of those massacres of 138-110 victory for the Spurs last year um, was without you know either of those guys in the lineup as well in terms of LeBron and AD. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's what would propel the Spurs to victory is they're playing the Lakers, uh, and then they're going to care because it's the Lakers. Um, but I, I just don't think that that's enough. It's not like they can just decide um, to be better on defense because they still haven't.
1: You're listening to the Lions.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top US sportsbooks all in one place? plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lions Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports bettor.
0: Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into props and get into your first one.
1: My guy, Ben Simmons, coming off Tuesday's... uh her incredible 11, seven and 11 performance. It's incredible for him. It's a double, double. It hit all the props we suggested in terms of rebounds, assists and barely got over the points. Um, and that was in a highly charged atmosphere. So you can at least trust that he's, you know, he's there. He was willing to go to the line. He went three for six at the line in Philly with the relentless booze. He was a minus eight overall. I mean, because the Nets lost by eight, but, uh, that, you know, it's just encouraging signs that he's actually playing like Ben Simmons. Of course, the next night at Toronto, he goes for just 14 and six dimes. And that's just a much tougher matchup than what we're talking about here. We're talking about the Indiana Pacers, who are a fun run and gun team, do protect the paint really well uh when Miles Turner's out there for sure. But they're eighth in pace. So I, again, am targeting the peripheral stats for Simmons more than anything, because he really doesn't want to be a scorer. Uh, he's, You know, you have to count on him getting dunks basically to score. So six and a half assists I like. And I like combining it with the 13 with the rebounds to get 13 and a half rebounds assists. But the juice is better on just the assists. And here's why I think those are good. Um, I mean, Indy is 26th in opponents three point shooting. And right now, Brooklyn is spreading dudes out around Simmons whenever he's on the floor. They finally have Seth Curry back, who sat on the second leg of that back-to-back, but is looking better. Joe Harris looking much better after a year off. Royce O'Neal shooting 54% from three in his last four games. Uh, And Simmons is getting into the rhythm of the game again, where he can find those guys on time, on target. And that's where he's going to get his dimes here. Um, And and he's going to be asked to rebound, push the ball. They're going to box out for him to get it, because he's the guy who pushes. So that's why in his last four, he's averaging seven and a half boards and seven and a half assists to go along with the 15 points. Uh, So I don't hate the points or combining everything together or going for that double-double again. The juice is down to plus 270 instead of plus 480. But uh, I just think, yeah, you're still getting value for the rebounds assists where he could get 10 of either, and he's probably going to fill up both. I don't think you need to worry too much about his poor line against Toronto.
0: No, nah, uh, there, there, that was a, a somewhat poor, a disappointing line, I suppose. But I mean, the 14 points still, you know, uh, is encouraging uh, if he's going to get like I, I said and we talked about last time we talked about his props. Like, I think it's a matter of time before it gets closer to 14 and a half on the season for, for Mr. Simmons. I think he still needs a few more weeks of putting up a few uh, of those types of, of games but it's there right like you said if you if you're watching the games it's there for him and he just doesn't look like the same timid deer in headlights that he's been uh the previous part of the season so that's that's really all I care about is like is Ben Simmons back inside of his own head um is, is it the real Ben Simmons up there again okay if it is then like at 610 with the abilities that he has let's get back to to you know fifteen eight and 7 or whatever he was doing before that so uh I'm gonna go on a slightly dangerous under here Nate with Jordan Clarkson and the Utah Yaz taking on Golden State in Golden State I still think Golden State's going to maybe cover eight points. I felt better about it when it opened at about five, but I still think that this is a game where uh, Golden State is just a different team at home. Uh, I'm just going to keep betting on them at home and against them when they're on the road, uh, especially when they're big favorites on the road, which should never happen. So I'm going to go with the points, rebounds and assists for for Clarkson. I'm going under 30 and a half of those minus 108 on FanDuel. Uh, His last four versus Golden State, 14 points a game, three boards, two assists, shooting 39 percent from the field and importantly, 31 percent from three for him. Uh, He's much better uh, at home as you often expect from certain role players and and your sort of spark plug like he is for them. 42% uh, at home as opposed to 36% on the road there for him from the field, 44 and 40 uh, from three, right? So 44%, like still shooting pretty well on the road. Uh, I like the fact that Golden State's opposing uh, three-point defense while it is abysmal on the road is very good to the tune of like the third best at home right now, uh, limiting teams in terms of uh, the three-point percent to like 30% from the field uh, from three uh, at home, as opposed to 40% of which they're allowing on the road is Golden State. So they just actually play defense at home, which is a huge part of this. Uh, he hasn't been getting the the assists or the, the rebounds either. For the season, he's averaging about eight of those a game, which is what this is at about for this game, 20, like eight and a half, nine is his rebounds and assist total in this one. I like under that. I like what I've been seeing from the fact that like in the last six games or so, he has yet to get over uh, eight or actually even six, seven uh rebounds and assists combined in that time frame uh still putting up a lot of points and putting up a lot of shots and they're just really sort of going all right i guess it's the jordan you know when that offense stalls for the jazz right now it's really just okay jordan clarkson chuck it up and find something for us as the best perimeter one-on-one player that we have Um, i don't like that recipe for him to continue getting points against this warriors team tonight so i'll go under with the points rebounds and assists
1: yeah, I think combining them is the way to go. You look at his last line, 24 points in a loss to the Pistons, but he still didn't get 30 PRA, right? He only had yeah. five peripherals. So, I mean, the fact that he's leading the starting unit and the Warriors are minus eight and growing makes you think that there's some good game theory here, that the Jazz just aren't going to be in this game in the fourth quarter. And, and that in and Colin Stetson, in the starting lineup now with Conley out, you'd think they're going to give him a little bit more work after his surprisingly low usage early in the season. Um, so maybe Clarkson doesn't get 25 shots, which is what he might need to get 25 points yeah. against a good defense. Yeah. This next one is tricky. Um, Anthony Davis is probable. LeBron James is probable, I guess. I mean, they both have props up as we speak here, close to noon Eastern, um, and... So, I mean, you can bet AD right now at 25 and a half points. And if he doesn't play, you get your wager back. It's not a big deal. If LeBron doesn't play, you're getting like a great value. Your you other, if LeBron was ruled out, AD would be like 27 and a half, 28 and a half, because he's averaging yeah. 35 and a half his last four yeah. with no LeBron. He's looking like the AD of old, also getting 18 boards per game. Uh, and and dominating defensively. So if you want to go with 37.5 points rebounds to get some juice there, it's not a bad call because the Spurs are just absolutely dreadful right now on offense. They missed um, 64 field goals when these teams met last week. So that's plenty of rebounding opportunities. A double-double in the win for Davis, plus 130. We definitely expect the Lakers to win this game. 30 points in a win, plus 275. Look at both of those. Uh, I mean, he's just scoring at such a high rate in the paint and against the Spurs as well. They haven't had many answers. 31 points per game, 14 rebounds his last five. Look, the usage and the points are going to go down with LeBron back, at least historically they do. But I I think like Josh said in the game video, this is, you know, LeBron starting to understand at his age, like it's this has to be Anthony Davis's team, at least for for long spurts in the regular season. And so if LeBron's back, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more of just him continuing to feed Davis, his whose field goal percentage is actually higher with LeBron out there because he's getting better looks, because LeBron is setting him up. And uh, I think we might actually continue to see him score at a high rate.
0: Yeah, and, and, and in watching that game uh, against the Phoenix Suns recently um, – AD had the, the 21 rebounds and it, like every one of them was just him above the crowd grabbing the board and not even anybody on the Lakers really nearby because they're all just like, it's fine. AD's got it. And it's going to be even more of that tonight as he's going to be able to box out Jakob Purtle and, you know, Keldon Johnson or Bates Diop at the same time. Like nobody's worried about him being able to box out two dudes with Purtle the turnstile uh, playing down low for them. Yeah, I-, I love the rebounds. It's 11 and a half on, on, D- on DK, but it's minus 120 anything under 15 boards right now for ad has he gotten less than 15 in his last like six games like he's pretty much getting 15 or more a game right now in the boards category so like throw the rebounds all over the place for him because I, I, anything less than 15 i'd like i'll go ahead and take an alternate at like 13 or 14 for like plus 130 and still feel good about it it's it's crazy to watch him eat down low right now so i'm gonna finish things up here nate uh with another big man uh and the man actually leading uh the league in rebounds rudy gobert uh as the jazz or excuse me the jazz the timberwolves are taking on charlotte on the road 13 and a half boards plus 100 for him so even money for him to get that you could take the points and rebounds also about even money 27 and a half points and rebounds combined that's about you know what you would expect him to get I would say overall with the points um so you know either way it's like pretty much even money for you uh against a Charlotte team that same problem that they've had for the eternity uh of their time that we've been talking about Charlotte uh they don't have a, a center and they don't have a way to rebound the ball well uh they allow the 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 uh most uh FanDuel fantasy points if you will to point guard or to, to opposing centers uh the second most points per game to uh to overall and the fourth most rebounds overall they're allowing so uh Rudy you know it's just what he does He's Coming off a nice 21-16 at Indy. It's the same kind of style of play that you'll get from Indy and Charlotte, especially when they're both at home, which is just move the ball up and down the court as fast as you can, take shot, shot, shots. So that's what we're looking for here is shot, shot, shots, and Rudy to get all those boards. Uh, he's had a double-double and nine straight versus these same Charlotte Hornets because of what we've been saying. They still haven't had a center uh, since we were in middle school, I think, Nate. Uh, and it's so for Rudy to get that double-double, uh, 16 points a game, 16 boards on 17% usage against those Charlotte Hornets. So he doesn't really need to get the ball thrown to him. He's still not really, but he's going to get plenty of boards at about the, to, to the tune of about five or six offensive boards, at least tonight, uh, which you can also feel good about him putting some points back up.
1: Yeah, you mentioned kind of the ball movement for the Wolves being key, uh, because, I mean, how is Rudy going to score if the ball starts zinging around and, you know, he gets a lob or something that's or, or the defense is out of position, he gets a board. And I think Minnesota's really coming around. We both kind of like them at minus four and a half in this game. They just yeah. they're coming off a 14 point win where they had 31 assists, where Delo had 12, where Kat had eight. So they're starting to kind of figure out their spacing with Rudy. And that got him going for that 21 points. So I think it's a great time to uh, pounce on him getting that double double in a win for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and Mini's coming around, like you said. Uh, We we both felt good about them winning this game tonight. Um, And and I think we can continue to feel good about them, maybe turning things around a bit, hopefully figuring out some of that spacing as Cat has looked better as well. So that's all the time we have for you guys in this Player Props video. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. We'll be back with you guys at the start of the the, uh, work week next week. So until we see you then, happy betting.